0: Welcome to the MarTech
1: Podcast. Today, we're going to discuss how you can track and improve your virality and word of mouth marketing. Joining us is Will Fraser, who is the co-founder and CEO of Sasquatch. Sasquatch is a powerful loyalty referral and rewards platform built to strengthen your community of advocates and accelerate your revenue growth. And today, Will and I are going to discuss scaling and tracking word of mouth marketing. All right, on with the show. Here's the first part of my conversation with Will Fraser, co-founder and CEO of Sasquatch. Will, welcome to the Martech podcast. Thank you very much, Ben. It's a pleasure to be here today. You know, I'm really excited to talk about word of mouth marketing, referral programs. But the first thing I'm going to do is ask you a question about brand. You can always tell a business that's going well when they start shortening their name. You used to be referral Sasquatch, mm-hmm. and now you're just Sasquatch. What drove you to buy the shortened domain?
2: Well, a couple of things. One, sadly, most people can't spell the word referral. So that's a real bummer when you're out there trying to get discovered.
1: They can spell Sasquatch?
2: Well, we can at least get them to try in one of the two. What really happened is that Sasquatch started very centric in the referral space. And through our customers' interactions, they really pointed us to the fact that there was a bigger problem to solve beyond referrals. And so we shortened it to Sasquatch. But Sasquatch just connects with our roots, Pacific Northwest. We think of ourselves as the missing link between marketing and product, helping with that growth engine. So it's just a nice brand for what we're up to.
1: I love it. You're a natural born marketer bringing in the mission of the company and the location. This is going to be (laughs) great. So Going back to the talking about brand, I I was joking with one of the heads of marketing at MailChimp when they came on the podcast because they were expanding beyond their email marketing platform more into a CRM space. And I was saying, well, how long is it till you rebrand the company MailChimp to just be chimp? And I guess they haven't pulled the string yet, but similar to what you've done. That said, let's talk about the space that you're operating in. You're doing referral marketing, rewards programs, a lot about building word-of-mouth marketing, that untrackable, uncountable thing that drives customers, whispers in prospects' ears saying, this is who you should work with. How are you guys tracking and starting to think about scaling word-of-mouth marketing?
2: I think when you're thinking about word-of-mouth, it's just like anything in a sales or marketing kind of cycle. If you don't ask for it, you rarely get it. So for all those people that are getting word of mouth without any kind of uh, specific program or initiative, you're only getting about a quarter of what you should be getting if you are really actually pushing that program forward and asking people for the referral, essentially. So the first thing we always say is whether you do or do not believe in the ability to track referrals, you should be asking for them, right? We want to ask people when they're happy, when they're in those great moments, and we want to be asking for referrals. Now, as far as actually tracking it, we have kind of a core mission on our side, which is that you gotta make it easy. And I know that sounds so simple. And you know, if you're a marketer, you're gonna understand that friction is the enemy of conversion, that that's all the table stakes. But for some reason, when we get into the world of referrals, we lose our heads and we forget it. We start doing these silly things where we've got referral programs where you need to create new logins, you need to go to separate areas. You just, you can't do it easily. So the first thing we wanna do is make that as easy as possible. How do you get that referral experience in front of someone inside of the experience they're already doing so that
1: you can make it easy and compelling for them to make that referral? Can I tell you a dirty joke? My dad used to tell me this. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, MuteNex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. Then join brands like Samsung, Ing, and Asahi, who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mix modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at Mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X.co. What do you call the guy who asks a hundred women to sleep with him and only one says yes? Successful happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, everybody, hopefully my mildly sexist joke is understood that it's tongue in cheek here. Let's try to keep it relatively clean. But the reason why I'm telling that joke is your statement of you never get what you don't ask for. And sometimes it's a numbers game. There is a flip side. I promise I'll bring this back home to marketing to how much you're asking for something and the risk of potentially getting annoying. So walk me through how you find where the line in the sand is between asking your customers for referrals, asking Asking them to be your advocates without irritating them or annoying them.
2: A really well done referral program is actually seen as a feature by your customers. The idea here is to make sure that it's a compelling offer. I know this is kind of basics to some degree, but you'd be surprised how many people are putting up basically no value to their customer in their referral programs and asking them to go ahead and do some very onerous thing like, I don't know, filling out a 14 field input form on the new lead. So for us, we want to make sure that it's almost accidentally discoverable. We call them signposts or, you know, making sure that you can't miss it, but it's not necessarily another email or another pop-up or something like that. It's really how do we weave this referral program into the organic experience inside of your service, your store, your product. So making sure that we ask you at the right times, like I said, so this is an e-commerce situation. This is post-checkout. If this is a food ordering app, this might be right after your food was delivered and you gave it a five-star review. So it's really about being intelligent about when you're asking and making sure that you're offering real value. You know, if you're just gonna pester them every time they open the app or my favorite, right after you've just downloaded a new app or taken a free trial, that's just wasting your breath. Put a message in there that's really gonna make sense to that time. But if you can make sure that you're asking them when they're happy and you're offering value, it's never too much.
1: You know, from a podcaster's perspective, this is something that I've been torn about. I've seen other podcasters start their shows with these long monologues about how you can help the show. Hey, welcome to the Martech podcast. If you're a listener and you want to support this program, go to iTunes. I read every review, write a review, share it with your friends, do all this stuff, blah, 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 blah. Here's how you can help me. And by the way, here's the content we take the opposite approach. Let's get deep into the content first. And at the end, when honestly less people are listening, we're going to say, hey, if you really enjoyed this podcast, leave us a review or whatever we're doing. Talk to me about finding that mix. It seems like something that you could lead with and you might have a higher conversion rate. Some people have seen success. And then you're talking about the tasteful way of doing it. How do you find that blend for your business? I think that the biggest thing to look at is to try
2: to put yourself into the eyes of your listener, your customer, whoever it is that your, your target audience is, and just think about when are they going to be the happiest and most excited with your product? That's always the thing to me. So yeah, I appreciate that maybe if I hit you with an ad to make a referral every time you come back to our app, that might see more people and that might generate more traffic. Our experience is that it's not going to generate the right kind of traffic and you're going to potentially, like you said earlier, you may kind of frustrate those customers. So for us, the tastefulness, it comes just around really thinking about that customer journey. And this is, I think, a challenge in all honesty for a lot of marketers are getting pushed more and more into this realm of almost having to be product people. You got to think about that entire customer journey, figure out the moments where they're ecstatic and offer them a referral program that's a bonus. Offer them an ad or content that's actually adding value to them. You know, if I love your fitness app, and I just completed my fitness goal for the week. I want to boast about it. I want to give my friends a free month of your app. All those things are really aligning with what I want. So as long as you know you can align it with what your customer wants and, and when they're happy, then I think it's the right time to ask and it can be done tastefully.
1: So there's the flip side of the problem here. One is creating a program that's interesting enough, for promoting it at the right time, filling out that product market fit of your referral program, how it's laid into your product. And then there's a the second part about tracking it. It's the untrackable, right? A word of mouth marketing inherently is a whisper in an ear. And with your style of referral marketing, you can actually start to figure out where the referrals are coming from and what's driving them. Talk to me about the tracking and analytics behind referral marketing.
2: So first thing around referral marketing, like I said, we asked for that question. And we got to give them a weighted referral that's going to be easy for them and it's going to be effective. So simplest ways to do this is the idea of giving you, we've all seen it, kind of sharing your link out there. What I'll say about sharing those kind of things out there, give people ways that they're actually going to do it. The truth is that a Facebook post or a blast post, it happens, but you want to give them ways that they can push that link or that code you may have given them out to their friends easily in a direct communication method. When it comes to actually tracking that today, we're starting to see things like third party cookies being blocked by default or being banned on certain browsers. That's really destroying the resolution of a lot of kind of simply implemented solutions. So as simple or as kind of technical as it sounds, really making sure that any referral solution you're putting in place is using a first party cookie. So when someone clicks on that link, it's directing to your property where you can mark that user and own that marking yourself. Does a huge piece to actually increasing your trackability. But the other piece is, how do we make it easy through verbal? So much of referrals are happening word of mouth, mouth to mouth or whatever it might be.
1: Mouth to mouth marketing. That goes back to yeah, my mouth to- <laughs>
2: previous dirty
1: joke. Anyway, go on. <laughs>
2: Yeah. So I think when, it, when you realize how much people are talking, we want to give them easy ways to just share what they're into and to get you to try it out. So we like to look at things of how can we give a special offer or tracking code that's based upon something very memorable to the person making the referral. You know, we would recommend their name. Most people don't forget it. Giving them some kind of a tracking code that's related to their name is a really nice way for it to be easy for them to share it around.
1: So give me an example here, you know, let's I used to work for Rinse. It was a laundry and dry cleaning delivery startup. I believe they had a referral program built in house. We had vanity URLs so I could use rinse.com/ben to get $25 off or give $25 off my first order. I could direct people to my referral link. Are you talking about something like that experience?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So that kind of experience where you're giving someone a link, that link ideally is going to have something that offers value to the recipient so that they actually want to click on that specific method. We call it a double-sided referral program, but something that's going to encourage both the new customer and the existing customer. And yeah, you're sending that link out, having that link direct to a nice marketing page that hopefully says something like, Hey, Ben has recommended you and he's left three free washes here for you. So you can have that engagement, you can really drive them down the funnel, and then you have the technology behind it that's allowing you to track that. In fact, this new lead did come from Ben. Now, what's important as well, though, as far as the tracking goes is to think beyond just the conversion. So making sure that we track this all the way through to how much revenue has Ben actually made us through his referrals. So you may find that you've got some users that are doing a really good job at driving trial signups, others that doing a really good job of driving one month customers. But you might have some that are just driving you these amazing long-term lifetime value customers. And you want to make sure you know who's who and how do you encourage that behavior based upon looking at their profiles and things like that.
1: That's interesting. It's kind of a concept for influencer marketing where you know you could work with an influencer that has a huge following. doesn't mean that their following is necessarily interested in your products or services. And you're doing that same sort of analysis looking at the referrals that are made from your customers. So what do you do when you find out that one segment of your customers or one customer specifically is driving really high value customers or even the opposite, they're driving a ton of low value customers. How do you handle that situation?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it just starts with the data. So what we'll find is if you've got a few, we we always recommend that if you've got five or 10 kind of key referrers, let's phone them. Let's build a real relationship because you've got something there and you might find that you've actually got an influencer program masquerading as a customer program at that time. And, you know, reach out, let's make sure we build those relationships with them, make sure that this program is really fitting their needs. But let's say you're looking at your top 10%. What we recommend is let's break down who those people are. Are they specific user profiles? Are they taking specific actions? What is it that they're doing that kind of puts them together as a group? And then we actually encourage you to let's build a loyalty or rewards program that gets more people to act like that, and then back it up with another loop that brings them into the referral program. So we see these as amazingly valuable customers. We want to encourage more people to look like them and act like them.
1: Last question I have for you today. When you think about who loyalty and rewards programs really work for, you know, are there specific business types? Do you see e-commerce, SaaS products, low price point, high price point? Who's really getting the most out of implementing the trackable technology driven type of referral programs that Sasquatch manages?
2: The type of programs that we manage, the value comes from these complex customer journeys. So when you've got a trial for your products, whether you're a SaaS or a streaming service or a subscription, or maybe you're a marketplace or an on-demand service, what we're seeing is that the solutions that have previously been in the market, whether it's loyalty or referral, were really built closer for a gas station, grocery store or travel agency. And they just kind of miss those finer points. So when you're looking at this as a subscription service, we want to drive people first into a trial, and then we want to drive them into adopting, let's say it's a streaming service, right? So we want to get them to watch some content. And then we want to get them to maybe put in their preferences for content recommendations, and then maybe invite a friend. And that's the kind of path where we see just this huge opportunity for these companies that are willing to dig in and really market inside their product.
1: Yeah. So it's more than just sort of a traditional referral program. There's also the notion of rewards, which are essentially customer rewards. You're able to build in incentives for your customers and reward their preferred behaviors.
2: Absolutely. And that's where we see this really succeeding right now is in those newer business models, but that maybe haven't spent as much time focusing on selling to their existing customers. So churn is obviously a thing they might think about, but they really haven't invested that same level of sophistication that you might see actually like a Walmart physical store. may have a lot of sophistication in their customer marketing, but we haven't quite seen that same level reach the newer business models. So that's what we're seeing a lot of people having success. And truthfully, we're seeing it across B2B and D2C. The big enterprises are valuing their customers, obviously, just as much, if not more, because you have those larger price tags. You just have to say that we might drive 10 new customers this month in a B2B environment where you've got $100,000 or $50,000 purchases versus in a B2C environment where you might have a $5 purchase. You know, we're going to be trying to drive tens of, if not hundreds of thousands of customers in a month.
1: I think the referral space and rewards in general are really interesting. We're going to bring you back tomorrow and talk about some of the ways that you can use the right messaging to impact your marketing when it comes to rewards and referrals. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to Will Fraser, co-founder and CEO of Sasquatch. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Will and I are going to discuss using positive reinforcement in your marketing messages. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Will, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is GetFraser, G-E-T-F-R-A-S-E-R, or you can visit his company's website, which is sasquatch.com. That's S-A-A-S-Q-U-A-T-C-H.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to MartechPod.com where we've got summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our once a week newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is MartechPod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J BenJShapp, B-E-